Not sure. <laughs> it might have been, no. But no, it was good. It was a good time. And it was cool because on the trip, like, Jesus was, like, healing people. And I don't just mean, like, oh, we're giving them food, which is good. Like, giving food, right? But if we just give food, then we're just, like, a social, you know, outreach program, right? There's no permanent change. And so the cool thing was that Daddy was uh, just, like, healing. Like, this guy, I don't want to ruin any stories. Um, but, yeah, he was just, like, this guy had, like, a... Basically, his whole right side was limp. He couldn't move it. And boom, Jesus healed him. And, uh, and yeah, so, and it was just crazy because it was like that through the whole trip. And so, like, it was cool, like, mirroring or, or partnering together, like, natural needs and then bringing in uh, just, like, the spiritual needs, too, and, like, like, bringing those together. And it was really cool. So I thought it was awesome. And the team really stepped up. And they have some cool stories, too. But it was cool watching the youth do that, too. Um, kind of learning and growing and how to listen to Father and then go and do that outreach. So anyway, it was awesome. So thank you for your support, for praying for us and all that. It really, it really did change lives. So thank you so much. Um, so before we left, um, we had a couple meetings and each time Chris asked us, like, what are you most excited for? And each time someone would say, I'm excited for the change that's going to happen in our youth that are going, and two of the, two, Tuesday and Wednesday, we went to one of the projects, and we got to play with a lot of little kids, as you saw in the pictures, and as you can tell, a lot of our youth help out in the kids' ministry here, and Wednesday night, we went to Griffith Park, and we kind of did a, some team time, and Chris asked everyone to share, you know, how were you touched today, how were you um, challenged, and Every single one of our kids was in tears over all of these kids that they got to play with that day. (laughs) They were just wrecked. And for me, it was like our prayers were answered. Like it was the moment that we saw these kids changed. So, Um, Yeah, we, uh, that was probably the most impactful um, experience of the trip and probably of my life. It was um, going to the projects and just spending time with the kids in that community and seeing what they have and what they don't have, really. And it's just, it was just very um, uh, touching and it really um, kind of hurt my heart just to see how selfish um, my generation can be and how selfish I can be specifically and to see what these kids like how easily they will light up and how easily you can bring them joy because they don't have much of it. Um, So that was just probably just the most amazing feeling of my life, just to be able to go out there and share some of Jesus with them, share some of his love, share some of his joy, share some of of his safety and peace. Um, It's just so fulfilling, and I really hope I get to go back because that was really great. (laughs) Um, throughout the whole entire trip, there was just so many, like, amazing moments that I'm probably never going to forget, but I think, like, the most heart-touching one was going to Skid Row. If you don't know what Skid Row is, it's, like, where hundreds of thousands of, like, homeless people are just, like, intense or just on the ground sleeping, and it's just, it's so, like, heartbreaking seeing this, because every, we were walking by giving out food, and, like, they were just so excited for food, because I haven't had it in a long time, and, like, that really touched my heart, and, like, a really like life-changing moment was when my group and I were walking around the corner and there was this man who was just shaking and like saying stuff I didn't understand like 
I don't even know what he was saying. He was kind of like speaking in tongues, but I could tell it like wasn't heavenly at all. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was bad. <laughs> and so our team started praying for him and just giving him water. And like right after our prayer, he just stopped. He like stopped moving and he was just relaxed. And I think that was like the most heart changing moment of my life. And I really want to go on another mission trip. So my favorite memory was also Skid Row. Um, it was really uh, just like an eye-opener. Um, we did this, we had like this hot dog cart that was coming through with water and hot dogs that were just given out to people. And uh, this one lady was just kind of sitting there like she was just dying in her seat. She didn't even want to get up for a hot dog, but you could tell she just like was really like, oh, come on, please. You know, I want that. And so I, I went over, I brought her a cup of water, and she chugged it down faster than I can count it to. And uh, she said, can I have more? And I said, yes, I'll be right back. I don't know how many times I went back and forth with water for her. Um, it was really uh, just heartbreaking. We were all just so heartbroken over all these people just reaching out. Uh, we walked down the streets, and you just see tents set up everywhere, just homelessness and brokenness everywhere. It's so heartbreaking, and we just uh, showed them the love of God. And... Uh, uh, So anyways, uh, it was an awesome experience, and I can't wait to do it again. I love all my friends and my family. You guys are awesome. Uh, good morning. My, my name is Maribel. I speak Spanish. I try to speak in English. Uh, I talk about the, our great experiences in L.A., is that every day is a great blessing, every, every single day. And for me, it's a good support because I speak Spanish, and we meet in the street, uh, a lot of people speak Spanish, and for me, I'm, oh, I'm great. It's, ah, I speak Spanish, yes, I'm for me. <laughs> 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 yes, also it's a great time for practice my English. Also, I teach Spanish for the team. Uh, it's uh, my first mission. It's a great blessing because I want to continue the message because it's the, my feeling is, wow, it's, it's great. It's amazing the health, the children's health, the homeless health. Also, our team, that God changed not only our lives, it also the another lives that we, we bless and we talk. It's the great. Also, thank you for praying for us. Thank you for the support. Uh, great team. Thank you. Yeah, we had an awesome time. Uh, the Dream Center is a phenomenal organization, and it's just amazing how um, uh, the, the, the vision, how it started, and it's amazing how so something so small, a seed within your heart or a promise or a desire, how it can blow up to something huge, and, and Pastor Barnett and the team just, just completely operated in faith and believing for God and what they have now. And th I mean, they have an old hospital that they got for a sweet deal, and they house hundreds of people from all over the world for short-term missions. or for, They have a leadership school, a discipleship training school. Um, they have a specific uh, discipleship training school that is for those who um, are coming out of addictions or brokenness. And they have a nine-month intensive program of, of really not even access to much media. And it's just the word of Jesus, worship, and a lot of healing and restoration and super intense, and it's cool seeing those who went in, and then we had some who um, graduated that program lead us in some of the outreaches, and just how they are just so full of joy and, and just uh, light to the city. It's amazing. 
Um, the food trucks, uh, like they mentioned, is one thing we did. They had multiple trucks, went out to various blocks, and there was already a line of people waiting to get food. They, they know what time it comes every single day, and they're expectant of it. And it's incredible that, that they do this almost every day, every week, and they have such an amazing organization that they bring in short-term teams to come be a part. And so it was neat for us to carry on the, the uh, uh, image of the Dream Center for the city. And people know the Dream Center. They know that the love of God is poured out from there. So that was extremely amazing. Uh, we also got to uh, visit H-Rock, which is our hub n- uh, church n- of our network, HIM Ministries, the, the, the chief church, I guess, of what we're a part of. And we went to be a part of their youth on a Tuesday night. And we just had a phenomenal experience. Like, it was incredible. Um, and some of their youth were actually bringing the word and preaching. And so that was super exciting. And then all of a sudden, crazy things happened. And just um, um, they just released the love of God. And they, the young people were just blasting each other with the love of God and praying over each other, ministering over each other. And just it's amazing how you can meet extended family, even though you didn't know their family, and just completely be unified just like that because of Jesus inside of you. So that was an incredible time. Uh, another one of my favorite memories when we went to the Hollywood sign. And, um, and we were all excited to go all the way up, and we were hiking up, but then there was a sign that says you can't go all the way up, and so we're like, oh, man. So as you saw, we took a picture there, and there was a funny sign on the other end. There was a funny sign. What did it say? Do you remember? It was like, uh, if you, basically, if you trespassed, you'd be persecuted. I think it meant to say prosecuted, <laughs> but we're like, persecuted? So I think Zach found that. We were cracking up. We're like, that's intense, man. <laughs> persecuted for crossing the line. So we decided not to. We were tempted, and so we uh, took a group picture, and then I had us all circle up, and we just started um, praying over this city, and it's just something phenomenal being high up to see the city and by this big Hollywood sign, and we started bro- breaking out in song and just uh, prophetically declaring and releasing things over the city, and that was an extremely powerful moment. Things were happening as we chose to release, and so it's cool. You can choose to release things whether you feel it or not because, you know, we were hiking up, and it was kind of hot, and it was like a fun touristy thing. So we weren't necessarily like walking up the whole time speaking in tongues and robes and just like, let's go, you know. But we just walked up and I said, all right, let's just start releasing things. And so without feeling anything, we just started doing it because that's who we are. And so that was a phenomenal time. And, and it was just amazing, like Zach was saying, Jose, um, he, he just really recognized something special about our team. And that happened all the time, which I thought was neat. It's a testament of our youth, of, of these ones who they were constantly aware of, of, um, of, of just pouring out to other people and the Holy Spirit inside of them. We had morning prayers, and, and Christian and Kara, some of them, um, led us in worship without instruments, and that was a sweet, special time. It was just, you know, even something simple like that was amazing. Uh, we can break out in song in this lounge that anybody can go in, and we were just worshiping and pressing in. And that did something to our team. We actually even uh, did, for the most part, no cell phones and even headphones for the trip. Like, e- even in the van. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, you know? And, and so it's cool. Like, everything we were doing for the team, it was all a purpose. It was all a purpose. We, were, we really wanted to fight to bring the team together. And, I mean, simple things of, I mean, just because they listen to uh, uh, Justin Bieber doesn't mean they can't connect to the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? But there's something about when you choose to constantly uh, just make yourself aware of the atmosphere of heaven. And so there's something about when you're constantly listening to worship music or something in that aura that it, it creates your mind to be aware. And so we were actually talking to each other in the van 
almost every time. It was amazing. I looked back in the river mirror, and we were just laughing and talking, and our ears were open. It was incredible. And so just small things like that really added up to show the team really bonded and came together in an amazing way. And uh, one of my favorite memories, I got a lot, obviously, a Sunday, our last day, we kind of had just what I like to call family time. We just all sat together. We talked about the trip. And it was an open kind of forum for um, people to share, um, I guess, their frustrations with each other, you know, or even with the leaders, you know. And just like as a family, coming together and just talking through things and working through things. And tears, even with um, some, some guys restoring their relationship because maybe they weren't the nicest to each other. And so and they were just hugging it out and restoring relationships. Smallest things like that. It was just phenomenal to see that. We were really being what, and I'll share this um, after I dismiss them, we were really being kind of like what the early church was like. We did every single thing together, and we really fought for the atmosphere and for each other. And so it was just a phenomenal time. So you can all give them a hand one more time. It was great. Thanks, guys. You can proceed. Another song? Hmm. 1982. Better stop before the lyrics come, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Party Like is 1999. Who knows that song? Anybody know that song? Awesome. So I'll have, I have a confession. I actually only knew that song by the phrase that's commonly used, Party Like It's 1999. That was seven years before I was born, so obviously I you know, wasn't completely aware of the song that Prince did. But uh, you know, that, that phrase, Party Like It's 1999, you know, people use it to say, you know, let's just party. You know, judgment Day is coming anyway, so let's just um, let our emotions run us, and let's just have a good time, and that's it. You know? And so I, I want to I propose, see, our trip... Um, was really birthing something inside of me personally, realizing and just really thinking of the early church and how the church was established and how we, were, we did every single thing together. I mean, we ate tons of tangerines, like, every single day. Like, that was just one of the delicacies of the Dream Center. And so, I mean, we just ate together and, and, and had amazing and in- interesting food, and we just went for it. And so, Party Like It's 1999, I want to propose a different way, Party Like It's AD 62, and so, don't get too worried about the date, please. I know some dates, you know, it might be this date or that date. Just understand, AD 62 is a general idea of when the early church in Acts chapter 1 and 2 and beyond is happening, okay? There we go, so we're not distracted now. But Party Like It's AD 62, I want us to um, do this. I want us to essentially um, understand what the early church did and to be like them. I want us to bring us back bring us back to what the early church did, and which I'm extremely excited for. So let's start with the backstory. Um, if you have your Bible, unless if you memorize it, you probably have it. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and 2 is kind of what we'll be flipping around, and um, I might be moving quick, but it's okay, you still love me. Um, but I really want, the goal of today is, man, I just, I felt like, I felt in love with all these young people. My wife was there, so I was already in love with her. But I fell in love with all these other people. And just we really became like a family. And even uh, one of the young people um, really had an issue with some things that I um, presented and laid out for guidelines. And, and really, um, there was like a heated argument between that person and me. And, and it was, you know, and it's just some dissension. And you know how that ended up? 
it ended up um, uh, that young person repenting, like essentially crying and hugging it out and really honoring each other and coming to an understanding of I'm for them and they're for me. And it's just like, it's incredible. You know, it's okay if we're frustrated with each other, but what we really did is we fought. We fought for each other, and we were like, not going to let anything get in between us for too long. We really fought. I love each one of those people, and they grew a lot. They grew a lot. I'm super proud of them. Um, one of my boys, Christian Neary, where's he at? Proud of this boy. I love him. You all give him a hand. He's phenomenal. All of them are phenomenal. The young people know it just because I don't point them out doesn't mean I love them less. I just thought of him in my mind, so I love all of them. Um, you know, 120 followers of Jesus gathered uh, in this room, and this Jesus was crucified. Jesus rose and ascended to heaven because death can hold him, and so he had to rise because death had no power, right? And so these 120 followers... We're coming together and just praying. First off, they had to replace Judas, who betrayed Jesus, sold him for a bag of coins, and then killed himself, and so they were missing somebody. And so they needed the leading of the Holy Spirit to bring somebody else to take that 12th place in the apostles as they continued to lead the church in the movement of Jesus. And so they were seeking God and praying for 11 days or so. We prayed for 11 days in a row. And they were just seeking God. And, um, and then Matthias was chosen, and, but then also... The Holy Spirit just came like a wind. And, 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 you know, some of you know the story. You know, tongues, tongues of fire came above their heads and they started speaking in different languages. And the city freaked out. The city freaked out. They started hearing all these different languages. And there was a lot of local Jewish um, people there that lived there, the locals. But then also people from different cities and different areas. And the people from far away were even hearing the language that they speak, which is odd because they're from far away. And so, like, what's going on? And I love this verse. And this is kind of what we're going to be hovering around. Acts chapter 2, verse 6. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together. And were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And, you know, that word bewildered uh, is, is very similar to a word later used in Acts, I think, 17.6, talking about um, the apostles turned the world upside down. So I want to propose parting like it's 8062, doing church like the early church, is turning the world upside down. And that starts with us. We're going to do something really awkward real quick. Is that okay? You ready? So what I want is I want each of us just look around the room. And you might get eye contact with somebody else. And so don't worry. Don't, you don't have to act like you didn't look at them. You could smile or wave or nod or give them a hug. So just look around. Just look around at everybody real quick. Okay, just look around. Yep, yep. Remember, it's okay if you get eye contact. You can move on to the next person. It's all right. Just look around. Maybe one corner to the other corner. Awesome. Okay. There we go. Nice work. This, 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 this is a family that you can have. The church is a family. It's more than some little organization. Like, we are a family. And we're going to break down how the early church did church, how they were a family. Everybody say upside down. And when this great move of God happened, you know what's crazy is when heaven shows up, like, like hell just skedaddles. It just dips. It just runs away. You know, like, like, if hell prevails in an area, or evil prevails in an area, when Jesus shows up, he takes his place, which is up above. And so things are flipped around. And so when we enter into a place, when we went into Skid Row, even when we went to the Dream Center to bless them, 
we were helping them set up. They have a giant um, school outreach that they had Saturday. We weren't able to be a part of that, but we helped them set up. And in between setting up, um, we weren't just going to stand around because we were there to do things. And so instead, we circled up in between things and just started praying and, and releasing things over. And see, when we do that, things flip. You get to flip things. It's amazing. Like, not only pancakes, you get to flip cities. You get to flip people. Thanks for laughing. And so now you have this crowd in Acts chapter 2 saying, what is happening? What is going on? Are they drunk? And Peter's like, no, it's only 10 a.m. People don't get drunk at 10 a.m., right? And so they're having this, this discussion, and Peter explains what happens. And Peter explains that Jesus, the one they crucified, was the Messiah that has been prophesied that they've been waiting for. And he rose again, ascended into heaven, and promised them a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that gift is the one that activated them to speak in different languages. And Peter's saying, you get to have this. This is for everybody. Now, when they heard this, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, what unified the early church was repentance, baptism, forgiveness, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And those things also unify us. We have a common denominator. We have something common, and that's Jesus, the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that's hearts and acts of repentance. And that's the ones who we've chosen to publicly declare, I follow Jesus. So we all have that in common. And it's amazing when we spend more time with each other how much we realize we have in common. Remember, today I'm here to fight, here to fight for each other. I want us to see the value in each other. Verse 39 Peter says to them, For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. So this promise, okay, is for you, for your children. You know, I love being uh, one of the kids and youth pastors here, and let me tell you, the children get the gift of the Holy Spirit too. The children get all the gifts. The children get all of Jesus just like we do. And so you know what's great is, you know, the first classroom is the home. The first classroom is our home. And so me, me and my wife, that's our first classroom for each other in teaching and provoking each other to heed to the Holy Spirit and to the Word. So for your children, the first classroom isn't here. It's home. And we get to partake and partner with each other to establish our homes as a place of prayer and of the Word and of life. You know, homes are meant to be a peace-free atmosphere. You know, our homes are meant to be a place where we can just come and just rest and receive rejuvenation from the craziness of the day. How many of you know that doesn't necessarily always happen right away? Especially if somebody's already home, you know? And there's already dishes in the sink, you know what I mean? You're like, can't rest yet. But, so just like that, God's presence is meant to be a place of rest. New Horizon, this house, this house of God is meant to be a place of rest. And the way this is a place of rest is for us to choose to honor each other, to love each other. So real quick, can we all just stand and give a big hand to Pastor Dwayne and Joel right now? We love you guys. Give him a shout, too. Give him a shout. Woo! Yeah. Don't you love them? You know, I'm honored, to be, I'm honored to be a son of the house. And anytime I think about them and I think about the house and about being a son, and definitely I'm an imperfect son, but it's amazing how they still choose to lead me and to love me. Woo! Aren't you guys happy you got people who believe in you? You know, this house is a, is a house that is an opportunity for you to be believed in. It is. There's people here that want to believe in you. There's people in here that want to lead you to your promises. 
For the promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off. You know, I love that phrase, far off, and that word that's used in the Greek, makron. You break it down. It's really um, attitudes and thoughts and decisions made from feeling lonely or unwanted. And so the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise to be part of God's family, is also for those who feel far off. You know, we can think we're lonely. We can think we're unwanted and unloved. But that doesn't necessarily mean it has to stay that way. And what's amazing is in choosing to captivate your thoughts and lead yourself, you know, I'm really learning the importance of leading myself. Like leading myself, making decisions for myself to pursue this family and to be part of this family and to pursue God and to be closer to Him. And so if you're feeling far off, first off, I want to tell you, this is your family. And you may feel far, but right now physically you are really close to us. Some of you are rubbing shoulders. You don't know each other. We are family. We're family. You got a family right here. And so I want to invite you this morning to be free of the thoughts of being lonely and unwanted because we're family. That's what New Horizon is. This isn't just a, a corporate gathering, a corporate organization where we just do business. This is a place where we're a family. Family first. Everybody say family first. Verse 40, with many other words, he solemnly testified, we'll move on here. In 41, that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Not a bad response for a sermon, huh? 3,000 souls. You know, what's interesting about there being 120 followers is um, Jewish customs required 120 people um, to be able to create their own community. So once you have 120 people, that is recognized as a place where you can establish your own new community. And so the reason why that's it is because it's recognizing, acknowledging, okay, this is a new community that's turning the world upside down. So this is what we're going to start with right here. Party like it's 8062, church like it's 8062, verse 42 of chapter 2. This is the main theme of the verse, even if I already said another one was. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So the early church continually devoted themselves to a few things. That, that, that word used in the Greek, proskartereo. It's okay, you can correct me in your mind, just not out loud. That means to continue all the time in one place, give unremitting care to a thing, persevere, not to faint, be steadfastly attentive, to be in constant readiness, continually devoting themselves. This is what they gave their lives to. This is what caused them to turn things upside down is because they devoted themselves to each other. And the first thing we have is to the apostles' teaching. So right now, we are devoting ourselves to the teaching giving and instruction given right now from the Word. And it's interesting that's one of the first things mentioned. The apostles' teaching. And I want to I rephrase that in a way to understand is faith activation. Here we go. So the apostles, what's interesting is they were really permitted or qualified to share the word of the Lord at this time because of their companionship and closeness they had with Jesus. They actually walked with Jesus. And they knew Jesus. So that's what really qualified them and, and to be the ones looked up to to share the word because they were with the word. They were with Jesus. That's free. I thought it was amazing. Romans 10, 8 Let's talk about why we need the apostles' teaching, why we need teaching from Pastor Joel and Pastor Dwayne. I've been listening to the podcast past couple weeks that I've missed with L.A., and I, don't you guys love their teaching? Don't you love their instruction? It's amazing. I love it. And the podcast is updated, so get it. And listen. It's amazing. You can listen again. You can listen to me tomorrow morning or Tuesday. I don't know when it comes up. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. Verse 9, that if you confess your mouth... 
With your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So belief, belief comes from the heart, and that produces righteousness. Confession comes from the mouth. Where's faith in this picture? If you move on to verse 14, How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, how will they preach unless they are sent? And you go over to verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So belief comes from the heart, producing righteousness. Confession comes from the mouth, and faith comes by hearing. And so what we're doing right now is we're activating and using our ears to receive faith. So a big part of the teaching and instruction of the word is having faith. And that's why it's really dangerous for us, for me, to not be planted to a local church and to be a part here. Because I would have a hard time having faith. And we understand that faith without works is dead. It's useless when it's not used. And so if that's the case, first got to receive faith and hear it. So this is why the act of coming together, being in a service, a gathering, a community, even if there's a schedule, is because we're receiving teaching. We are getting activated in our faith. Our faith is stirred by the preaching of the word. James 2, again, faith that has no works is dead, without works is useless. You know, that word works isn't just work and labor, okay? It also means action and behavior. So faith, you know, it's a funny one, pistis, right? Faith, the Greek word. It's action, behavior. And so my actions and behavior are getting activated at this moment right now by the word of God so that I can act according to the will of God and act according to what he has for me. And so then my thoughts and emotions are feeling unwanted and lonely and distant and separated from God and people are getting disseminated because you're receiving the word of the Lord and seeing the union that you have with him and with each other. And when it says faith without works is dead, that word dead, I love this one, Necros, necros, lifeless, deceased, destitute of force or power, inoperative, inactive, given up to sins and does not recognize God or that he has a family or is devoted to him. So when I'm not planted in a local church and accountable to a family, I can easily be lifeless. I can easily be dead. I can feel like I'm doing nothing because I'm not receiving the word of God that activates my faith and my actions and behavior to align with his word. Isn't that good? Verse 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Anybody felt a sense of awe in this place before? What about, are you still feeling it? See, they kept feeling a sense of awe. There's something about continuously, 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 continuously devoting themselves Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Verse 44, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. So number one, apostles' teaching is what they continuously devoted themselves to. Second one is fellowship, also meaning sharing, koinonia. So that's association, it's a community, it's joint participation, it's intimacy and having friendships and family. So fellowship, they continually devoted themselves to each other, to relationships with each other. So I want to really push us and provoke us. Are we really devoting ourselves to establish relationships here? 
If you're a guest with us, we welcome you. We also welcome you even deeper to be part of a family. We want to give ourselves to you. We want to give everything that we have to you so that we can see God's promises and plans fulfilled in your life. That's what we're here for. We're a family. So I want to encourage us to devote ourselves to each other. Acts 1.15, at this time Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, that gathering of 120 people. You know the word brethren is really interesting, and I thought this was amazing, incredible. It's, it's one of the first uses of of a designation to Christians, brothers. And this word brothers uh, is Adelphos, and it, breaking it down, it's ah, Christ, and Delphos, the womb. So we, they were related through Christ. Brothers, they were related through Christ. So such a weird, awkward term to start the early church with. Brothers, r- related through Christ. We are related through Christ. So that's what the church is. We are brothers, sisters, related through Jesus. Even if you don't feel related, even if you have a different type of blood, we are related through Jesus. So again, if you're feeling lonely and far off and distant, through Jesus, we are related. We are family. We're not alone. And so the early church devoted themselves to each other. They devoted because they knew they were related. They did life together. Verse 45 of chapter 2, they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. So just in a minute, I'm going to have everybody grab all the purses and we're going to have some buckets come through. And, no, I'm just kidding, okay? But you see, they, the men with the man purses are like, I'm one of them. But they, they sold all their property and possessions and they shared them with anybody. And so everybody's need was met because they had everybody's stuff, and everybody's stuff was everybody's stuff. So it wasn't one man for all, survival mode, even though they were being persecuted at that time. It was everybody for everybody, one for all, all for one. They were in it together. And now you don't necessarily have to sell everything and have nothing, okay? God bless you, and we'll pray for you, and we can help you figure that out. You know, it's tough. But everything that we have we can offer it to each other. We can open our homes. We can buy each other taco time, even if they get like the most expensive one on the menu, you know? It's like, we can bless each other. Or if you're taking the Red Robin, you're going to be like, you're getting that $6 tavern burger because that's the deal, okay? You see, every, everything they had, they gave to each other. You know, I have some, I have some friends who are extremely giving, and it really encourages me to give. You know, when you see other people give, it's, it's really supposed to encourage you to give. And it's cool when you see people give, it blesses them. We give because we love each other, because we need each other. Me being full-time at the Church of New Horizon, I want to thank all of you. I'm here because of you, because of your giving. Thanks. I appreciate it. I can feed my wife. I appreciate that. I can buy lotion to put on her feet. Thank you. Did I just give an idea to the wives? <laughs> Come on, guys, fellowship. <laughs> Jesus. Something has to come out that's awkward to lighten the room, right? See, church is a community. We're a community. So we're here to fellowship together. So it doesn't matter if we're six months old or 99. Okay? We are a community. And I want to encourage the, the older ones, and that means anybody, because you're older than somebody in this room. You know, you might be the young, you know, I don't know, whatever. But 
There's people under you age-wise that need you. And I have loved the mentors in my life that have raised me and been a part of my life and encouraged and provoked me. And so I want to plead, especially as one of the kids and youth pastors, please invest in the younger ones in your life. Invest. Invest in the ones that are younger in years because they need you. We're a family. We're a community. And we got to have each other so we don't get weird. You know what I mean? I get weird when I'm not around people. Verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. So we have continuously, continuously, continuously devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of the Lord, to preaching, to instruction, to fellowship, relationships with each other, and then to breaking of bread. So they ate food together. And as we know, if you're gluten-free, bread is not required. You can break pudding together or something. I guess stir pudding, whatever it is, you know? But... You know, I love that, that eating is in here. You know, obviously we all eat, so why not do it with people? You know what I mean? Everybody ate alone before. It's really weird, right? So, eat together. So <laughs> and they ate together with gladness and sincerity. And more than just eating food, you know, it requires, I mean, there wasn't necessarily, you know, talk of time down the street or Dairy Queen to get a blizzard. But they have homes where they ate food. So it required them to go to each other's homes. So I want to encourage us, let's open our homes to each other. As small or big as it is. Let's begin to hang out, share our food, share our families, play some amazing board games or whatever, and let's just enjoy each other. You know, let's be a family. You know, I know this is a really practical, you know, word, but it was really stirring in my heart. And when, as a mission team, we were doing every single thing together, and I saw what was happening, and the atmosphere was shifting because we were constantly aware of the Holy Spirit together, and so it was, it was like, it was easy. It was like butter, just like ministering to people. It's just like it happened. It just happened. And we weren't like really striving like, oh God, please. You know, it's just, it was just happening because we were continuously in it, hour by hour, just ministering to people, ministering to each other. Almost, uh, or at least a few of the days, if not every day, um, I had the team just share words for each other. Just right now, boom, go, let's share a word. You know, like, well, you know, it's hard when you don't prepare for it, you know. But it's like, just say something encouraging. And what does, what does God say about you that you can share with them? Because it's the same thing for them, too. And so we were constantly getting this attitude of just blessing each other with encouraging words and words of the Lord. And it was just shifting things. It was amazing. So why not let's do that, you know? Especially if you're frustrated at someone, give them a word of the Lord first. You know, I might warn them, like, okay, what's after this, you know? <laughs> like, I receive now what, you know? The fourth thing, Prayer. So continuously devoting themselves to apostles' teaching, to fellowship with each other, breaking of bread, and then prayer. You know, it's, they had a set-apart place to pray to God. It's important for us to have our own secret place, to have our, our place with Father, but also to pray together. You know, if you want to learn how to pray, pray with people who know how to pray. You know, we have people here who know how to pray. And did you know you can grow in prayer? It's totally cool. Did you know you can say a prayer, and it, it doesn't make people scream and shout, but God heard it. You know, God heard it. So I want to encourage you, if, if you're nervous to pray out loud or in a group of people, all you got to do is pray out loud in front of a group of people. You know what I mean? That's what you do, you know? Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So the early church was doing these four main things, devoting themselves to each other, fellowship, apostles, teaching, breaking bread, having time together, and praying and praying together, and the effect was they had favor. So they were being a family, and they had favor. And God was adding to their numbers day by day out of how they were being a family in a community. 
Later in Acts, you find verse 17, and I've been kind of uh, preaching this to tribe a little bit about this whole upside-down thing. Acts 17, verse 6, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside-down have come here too. And so the city was upset. They were looking for the ones who were doing all these signs, wonders, and miracles. They couldn't find them, so they took the guy who was housing them. And they said, they've turned the world upside down. Did you know it's okay if, if it's awkward to be Jesus? It's okay if it's weird to be Jesus in your workplace or at home. You know, especially if we have to establish a, 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 a free and safe place, especially at our homes. You know, it might be awkward at first to decide to pray together. It might be weird. You know, maybe, you know, we, we pray at church, but maybe we don't pray with our, our spouses or our families or our kids. It might be weird at first, but I want to encourage you, please, pray with your young ones because your young ones get the same things. They get the same stuff. And they need you. They need you to lead, not only yourself, but to lead them. You know, the, the young kids need parents to fellowship with them, to listen to them, to, 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 to provoke them, to get in the word. Acts 2.43, again, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. So there was, this was an effect. They turned the world upside down. They did signs, wonders, and miracles out of these things that they devoted themselves to. Remember, when you devote yourselves to teaching and instruction of the word, that activates faith because your ears are open. You're receiving the word of the Lord. And so they had faith to do what Jesus did because they knew. They heard, they literally were walking with Jesus. They heard his audible voice. And Jesus is saying all these promises, everything they get, and all that they did. And so the apostles are saying, this is what Jesus said, so this is what we're going to do. And so this is what we do here. This is what Jesus is, and so this is what we're going to do. So we're a family. We get to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And it doesn't always have to be weird. As you even heard from Zach and some of the team, like we naturally were doing things that blessed people. Even I know uh, Kara, one of the, one of the um, girls who was sharing in the glasses, she's with the kids now. Isn't that awesome? But she was talking about, uh, we had a fun day for them, and we took them uh, to Disneyland, right? Yeah. And she was, wasn't feeling well. She wasn't feeling well. And so what she do? She started just using her authority in Jesus and declaring healing over her body. And then she felt better. And I know you're like, well, that's just a coincidence, you know? Okay, well, maybe, but it shifted right when she did that, you know? It's like, even the smallest thing, it doesn't have to, you don't have to wait till, till you know, your arm is falling off to then, now this is going to be a miracle, you know? But it's like, you can pray so your arm doesn't fall off, you know? <laughs> but even the smallest practical things, the team and I learned, we get to have authority in every single thing with Jesus. And we share that together, and that's what brings us together. All right, so I'm going to wrap up here. Here's my challenge to us, okay? To devote ourselves to the teaching here at the house. So it's something I want, to, I want to commend you guys. It's amazing when you are continually devoting yourselves to Sunday mornings. It's more than just like, you know, something I do. I did my church, boom, you know. But it's more than that. You are devoting yourself to teaching so your faith can be activated because you got Monday through Friday and Saturday, if you're not at the outreach, you know, but we'll probably go now. But Monday through Friday, you're not at your workplace or at home. You are able to activate the faith of the word that you're receiving, and it provokes you to continually get in the word because you love it and you're hungry for it. And also devote ourselves to fellowship. So if you haven't come to Newcomer's Reception and you're new, I want to welcome you. When we have one, check in your pamphlet. It might be in there or we'll announce it. Come to our Newcomer's Reception. Get to know us. Get to know the staff. Eat food with us. 
Connect to a small group, okay? If you're not part of a small group, I want to encourage you to either be a part of one, or if you're interested in starting one, talk to Ted and Tammy Barons or the Wolves here, and we'll get that established because that's fellowship, you know? Church is a community and a family, and so, you know, families probably need to see each other more than, you know, hour and a half a week, right? I don't know. Also, find an area in the church to serve. We've got tons of areas. And so you can fill out your connection card, and you can, like, even if you already filled it up, put in an area you're interested in, and we'll, we'll get back to you. Ask anybody who looks like they know what they're doing, and we'll direct you towards what you want to do, you know. If you're interested in helping Mike Orzio back there, you know, the beautiful beard man, you know, you can help him, you know. But, you know, this is, we're a family, so this is our house, and we take care of it together. We do this together, because we love each other. And then also... Devote yourselves to breaking bread. So have meals together. Let's open our homes together. Let's start hanging out with each other. Even if we're tired after work, you know, if you've got to watch that football game, watch it with them. You know, just not, you know, 10 a.m. on Sundays, you know, but Monday night or something. Fourth thing, let's devote ourselves to prayer. So we've got morning prayer. Um, sometimes we've got afternoon and evening prayer. If you want to lead a prayer time, you can connect with Mandy or Pastor Dwayne. And we just, let's pray together. Because it's amazing we pray together. we got pre-service prayer here, uh, 9-ish to 9.30, and we just come here and we just love on the Lord together. It's amazing when we pray together because we learn more how to connect closer to God and we provoke each other. And we get faith by activating it together. So let's all stand real quick as we close our time here. Are you guys happy? we got a family here. Isn't it good? We have family. You know, we're a family. So I want us to... Uh, I want us to... Do something awkward again, right? And I want us to look around the room real quick. Look around the room real quick, okay? Just, you know, again, if you get eye contact, somebody just wave or nod or do something, you know? But this is your family. This is your family. And you may not know anybody or everybody, but we're a family. We're a family. And we're here for each other. We're here to do life together. You can look at me if it makes you feel better. But we're here, we're here to do life together. You know, we're a family. We're a community. And so this is, again, remember, this is more than just a corporation, organization, this is a family. I'm going to keep saying family because we're a family. That's what we are. We get to do life together. Let's devote ourselves to each other because there is, you know, it's something amazing about a short-term mission is it is a kind of a strict or in a way forced or set apart time where especially when we remove, you know, phones in a way and such that it causes us to really learn to interact with each other, you know, and learn to get close with people and learn to minister with people and learn to just, like, share encouraging words to each other. Like, that short-term mission, it did something incredible and made me realize this is the early church. This is life. They did every single thing together. And I know practically, you know, when you got, you know, work on different times and such, you can't, we can't be 24-7 together. But you can be as close to this family as you want to be. It's really in your hands. And I'm telling you, this family is incredible. And I don't know all of you, and you all may not know me, but I know that you're incredible. I know that we are a family. And man, we need each other. We need each other so bad. We need each other in a really, really bad way. So there's three responses I want us to have this morning as we close. First off, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you're like, you know what? I'm hearing that Jesus gave his life for me. Not only am I invited to have a relationship with God, but also with a family and community. I want that because I want to be a part of a family. I don't want to be alone anymore, but I want Jesus and I want this family right here that's going to fight for me. The second thing is if you want to recommit your life to Jesus, you're saying, you know what? I want to make myself right with the Lord again. I've walked away. I've strayed away. I felt far off. And now I want to, I just want to reconnect with the Lord. I want to just remind him that I 
want him. And I want to give myself all over once again to him. So if any of those responses are yours, go ahead and just lift your hand and we'll pray with you in a minute. So you want to give your life to Jesus or recommit your life to Jesus? Awesome. See you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. All right, let's all close our eyes and let's pray together. Everybody say, Jesus, you're mine. I give you my life. You gave your life for me. I'm clean. I'm free of shame. I'm free of guilt. You call me holy. You made me holy. You've given me yourself. And I want you right now. Say, fill me up, Holy Spirit, with all that you are. I'm never alone because I have you inside of me. This is my family. I'm going to fight for them. They're going to fight for me. Uh, what I want is I want us to just grab the hand of somebody next to you. I want everybody at least holding one hand. Let's grab a hand of somebody next to you. Awesome. And I want you right now to just start bl- blessing the person next to you. If you have two people next to you, you know, you, you probably need to start with one and then go to the next. Just start blessing the person next to you. And what I mean by that is verbally out loud, just start speaking good things in their life. Speaking encouragement on their life. They don't necessarily have to hear you. But as you're out loud speaking blessings, you are actually releasing something from heaven on their life. You're actually giving answers to situations in their life. And even if they don't hear you, God is responding to your words and he's blessing them. If you don't know what to say, just say, God bless them. God bless them. God bless them. God show up. Show up. Yes, God bless this family, God. God, we're a family, God. I just pray New Horizon would be one who's united and not divided, God. We'd be one who is together, Father. God, in every single area, every department, everything we do, Father, we're going to be a united family that fights for each other, God. God, we're going to raise each other up, God. The older ones are going to raise up the younger ones, and the younger ones are going to serve the older ones, God. And we are going to serve each other. We're going to serve the city. We're going to reach the city, God. Okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to just start blessing this whole family as a whole. So just out loud, just start blessing New Horizon, releasing things on New Horizon, calling New Horizon into unity, calling New Horizon as an effective place, calling New Horizon to be who it's meant to be, the apostolic resource center that it's called to be. We are placed in Fife. The city has been given to us, and so we're going to release heaven in this place because we're here and there's no other choice. Thank you, God. New Horizon is blessed, God. Thank you, God, that you've put together this building, you've put together this family, you've put together these spiritual parents to bring together kids, God, to have a place that they belong, Father. God, Fife is blessed because of you, God, because you are here. Fife is blessed because of this city and this community, God. New Horizon is going to change Fife because of you, Holy Spirit. God, New Horizon is going to radically turn Fife upside down, God. We're going to turn Puyallup upside down. We're going to turn Tacoma upside down. God, us individually, as we receive activation of our faith, we're going to turn our workplaces upside down. New Horizon is going to be a group of people who individually turn their spheres of influence upside down. Tomorrow morning, we're going to go to our workplace. We're going to go to our homes. And we're going to repent of things to our spouses. We're going to repent of things to our kids. We're going to unite our families together. We are going to choose first to turn our homes upside down because our children need us. Our spouses need us. Our families need us. We're going to turn our workplaces upside down, God. We're going to bless our bosses. We're going to bless our coworkers, God. We call relationships restored. We call favor to happen, God. We call an increase of finances, God. Uh, ch- checks to come in the mail, God. We just, we just uh, declare bonuses and raises to happen, God, for the people in the workplaces, God. I think that these people in this house are ones who lead their area of influence, God. 
You're calling and raising each person, God, to be a prophet in their workplace. Thank you, God, that we don't just have to do Jesus stuff here, God, but you've called us to do it out there. You've called us to do it in the world. We can't turn the world upside down if we're hiding in your house, God, and you've called us to go out and do things. And now what I want us to do uh, for one minute is I want us to just bless specifically the people in Fife. The people in Fife. Just the people as a whole. The ones who are broken, who need love. The ones who are poor, who need to be taken out of poverty. The ones who, who, who are neglected. The children. Whatever's on your heart. Uh, the education system. The, the Let's just bless the, the city council. Let's bless the businesses. Let's just start turning Fife upside down with our words right now. Because wherever hell or evil prevails, we are shifting and switching it by the words being released out of your mouth in partnership with the Holy Spirit. God, we bless Fife. Fife is a blessed place, God. Evil and hell will not prevail in Fife. The kingdom of God will prevail in Fife. The kingdom of God is here. Light is shining in this place and it will remain, God. Thank you, God, that everything that has been done for your kingdom will remain, God. Thank you, God, the education system, God, we call it yours. God, we call the Fife School District, God, to be marked by God. The principals, the teachers, the students, God, to have encounters with you, God. We call the schools to be turned upside down this coming year, God. That people would come to know you, God. That, that desires would be shifted in this city, God. God, we free people from gambling and drug addictions, God. We call them into full alignment of you, God. We call forth uh, just a faith to be activated in the city, God. God, we just break the lethargy in this city right now, God. We break the loss of dreams, God. The ones who have nothing to do, God. I just pray for my friend who I graduated with almost 10 years ago who still walks these streets with a shoulder shrug and ripped clothes in depression. I just call stuff like that to be broken, God, so people can discover their purpose, God. This is a place where purpose is found. So New Horizon, family, let's, let's devote ourselves to each other. Let's devote ourselves to each other. These different outreaches and events we have, like Trunk or Cheat and Easter Candy Hunt and all that stuff, it's not because we're obsessed with the bunny or pumpkins. It's because we are strategically seeing opportunities to love on the community. If they're going to go somewhere, we want them to come here. And we want to bless them. We want to bless them. So I'm begging you, please. Let's do things together. Let's love on this house together. Let's cut the grass together and let's love on people together. Come on, y'all happy? Y'all happy y'all love each other? So what I, what I want is, as, as we're, as we're uh, being dismissed here in a minute and we'll be having a, a little bit of worship playing, I want you, as you're leaving your home, as you're leaving your family, I want you to find somebody you don't know and I just... Start with a name. I just want you to connect with them. Practically, we're all going to do it, so it won't be too awkward. But I just want you to find somebody you don't know and just get to know them. And let's start knowing who our family is. Love you guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Have an awesome